0: Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Let me make sure I'm all wired up here and turned on. Now then, if we can get a power surge out in here, we're doing all right. I <laughs> oh always mechanical, these power surges. We need them in the pew. Maybe that'll happen today. <laughs> if you brought your Bibles, turn to Psalm 11, and then Jude... And Psalm 11, and we want to look at one verse, Psalm 11, and then Jude, and we'll read verses 1 through 7. Uh, this morning I want to share with you a sermon that I've entitled, Awake Out of Your Apathy. And so uh, I thought maybe that little boy there yawning would kindly uh, give us the hint. But uh, we know the church, church today is an apathy. I'm talking about church universal. And we'll talk about that as time goes on this morning. So the title of my sermon is Awake Out of Your Apathy. And so Psalm 11, verse 3, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations be destroyed, if everything we have built our belief system on, if that's destroyed, if the Word of God is destroyed, and we know that's never going to happen, but if there's an attempt to be made to destroy that foundation, then what are we going to do? If the foundation of marriages, and they're already seeking to destroy the foundation of marriage, then what do we do? And so there's a lot of foundations that the righteous build their hope and have their faith in. So what happens when the foundations are destroyed? What would we do? Then if you would turn to Jude chapter, uh, chapter 1, only one chapter, Jude 1. And we're going to look at verses uh, 1 through 7. It says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called, mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to pause there for just a moment. Let me bring you up and kind of refresh your memory from last week, if you were not here. And it's good just to refresh our memory if you we're here last week we began the sermon series on the book of Jude and Jude is a very small book you can tell it only has one chapter 25 verses but Jude began to write the book and he intended this book to be some encouraging words to the believers in Palestine and he was writing the book writing to them this letter in regards to this common salvation that they all held However, as he was writing this, circumstances began to change and and circumstances kindly pressed him to change directions of his writing. So instead of, of writing about this coming salvation, he begins to send a stern warning against false teachers who had crept in, who had slipped in, slipped in, unaware, to express primarily two purposes. Number one, to the purpose of changing the grace of God into a license of immorality. Changing the grace of God into a license of immorality. In other words, if you've been saved, then that gives you the license to probably do anything that you want to do, even uh, immorality, to take part in immorality. Then secondly, they were trying to teach uh, and to deny that Jesus Christ was a sovereign Lord. They were trying to deny the lordship of Jesus Christ, and so Jude begins to refer to these ungodly men as apostates. Apostates. Now the apostates claim theoretically to be a Christian. Now you have a lot of people who claim theoretically to be a Christian today. the 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 word The word book dictionary defines the word theoretical as planned or worked out planned or worked out in the mind secondly not from experience and not from fact some people today are theoretical Christians they have it planned out in their mind they they are doing their own thinking a lot of its philosophy but they really haven't experienced anything it's it's all a mind thing with them Therefore, an apostate is someone who claims theoretically to be a Christian. He purposes with his lips, but he does not uh, possess Jesus Christ as Lord of his life. It's something that he professes, but he doesn't possess. Now, there are many today, there may be some here today that profess to be a Christian, but have never been born again. We've had that happen time and time and time again. And thank God they come to that conviction that they need a Savior and, and they confess that Jesus Christ is their Lord and they experience a new birth in their life. Many, some this year, have professed with their lips but really did not possess him with their life. And so for so many this year and last year, that's changed. And that's great and we rejoice for that. But to the apostate, he views Christianity theoretically and not experiential now there's a big difference he claims to be a christian but he's not a christian he or she they're unbelievers they know the truth but they don't act upon the truth they have uh, received the written word but they've never received the living word jesus christ into their life they're they're in the church to perform an inside job we talked about last week they've they've turned from the truth they're in the church to destroy the foundation of the word of God that happens therefore Jude he offers a challenge to to the church he says contend for the faith fight for the faith so the war is on to destroy the foundation of the word of God and we better believe that's true now this brings us to sermon two There's apathy in the church when it comes to apostasy. Awake out of your apostasy. Look at verse 5. He begins by saying, I will therefore put you into remembrance. Now remember, he's talked about the apostate and what their intentions are. And he says in verse 5, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this. How that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. That's very important. Now he didn't destroy everybody; he saved some. You have backsliders; they're saved, but then he he destroyed those who believed not. The angels, verse six, which kept not their first estate, we'll talk about this, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Pretty powerful. And so we're to wake out of our apathy. So what do you do when our foundations are shaken? Jude says we need to wake up out of our apathy. He uses the word there. I will therefore put you into remembrance though you once knew this. Now the new word dictionary defines apathy as a lack of interest or indifference. So there's apostates in the church big deal what's a big deal about it I mean my goodness gracious Uh, so churches today denominations are dying churches are closing their doors but not only because the apostate not only because the apostates have crept in but because godly men and women have been apathetic and have done absolutely nothing to prevent them from slipping into the church. Notice Jude reminded them in verse 5. I will therefore put you into remembrance, though you once knew this. Jude said, I want to remind you, and so he called them to remembrance. Now, why did he call them to remembrance? Because they had forgotten something they once knew they'd forgotten. Now, many of us are prone to apathy so what it's no big deal what's the big deal about it the point is the problem in church is not so much apostasy but apathy that's in the pew not just about apostates but about a lot of things could care less Church is going on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, or for revivals going on, or having their children in Bibles. What's the big deal about that? It's a lot of apathy. But he's addressing the apostate situation. So Jude says, Listen, apostasy is coming into the church. And the problem in the church is not so much the apostates, but the apathy that's in the pew. So he says, a, 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 Apostasy leaving the faith, turning away from the faith, having a light and not having life, and teaching others to do the same, that's a pretty big problem. Therefore, he gives three examples of the past to awaken us out of our apathy. He talks about the Israelites, and he talks about angels, and he talks about Sodom. Now, why does he do this? Because all three of those things have one thing in common, all of them fail. All of them failed. They all have one thing in common, they failed. Israel lost their victory at Kadesh Barne. The angels lost their vocation, we'll talk about this, and Sodom lost its virtue. The point is we're in danger in losing with apathy we're in danger of losing our victory our vocation our virtue. So let's begin with wake up remember the Israelites what he says. Remember the Israelites now we're dealing with apostasy we're dealing with this unbelief. Now Remember, because of their unbelief, the Israelites' unbelief, they were not able to enter into the promised land. Remember that? And Jude warned the early church, and he warns us today, to awake out of your apathy before you lose your victory. Now, with Jesus, I mean with the Jews, it started all the way back there at Kadesh Barnea. If you remember, they left Egypt, they passed through the Red Sea, they watched Pharaoh's army being drowned. Moses led them to the edge of the promised land, and they're at Kadesh Barne. And God had promised them the promised land. They said, okay, let's do this, let's send out some spies. And so they sent out 12 spies, one from each tribe to search out the land they came back and they said hey man you wouldn't believe they even brought it back with them they brought back pomegranates and they brought back grapes on those staves you know and just loaded down it was a great place but 10 of the spies gave a negative report all but joshua and caleb and they said hey we can take the land there's 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 nothing to take in the land. Well, how can we take the land? It's real simple. Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit. They said, because the Lord's already given it to us. It's ours. Well, they took a vote. And so the people went with the ten spies with a negative report and some of the two that gave a favorable report. And the Israelites believed the ten and went with those, those ten who disbelieved God. Now let that sink in next time you disbelieve God or I disbelieve God. They went with the ones that disbelieved God. Now, The point is, they did not believe the God who parted the Red Sea, who defeated Pharaoh's army, who provided the manna from the sky, who provided water from a rock, who led them with a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, who led them to overcome their enemies in the land of Canaan. How tragic was the apostasy, i.e. unbelief. They forgot what God had done for them, in the past and some of us are no different than those israelites we cannot believe god's plans for our future although we've seen him work in our past and we have this unbelief numbers chapter 14 if you would listen to numbers 14 verse 1 and 2 and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. All the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the Egypt, or would God that we had died in the wilderness, oh, it would have been better for us if we just died in the wilderness instead of being led to this place. <laughs> That's what they cried out. And God said, okay. Verse 28, say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, say Caleb and the son of of Jephna and Joshua, the son of Nun, but your little ones, which you said should be a prey, then will I bring in, and they shall know the land which they've despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in the wilderness, and your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. God had been better for us if we just died in Egypt or died in the wilderness, and God says, okay. You're going to die in the wilderness. But your children that you were afraid would die in the wilderness, they're going to live in the promised land. So the point is, remember the Israelites. Because of their unbelief, they lost their victory. They were not permitted to go into the promised land. And so the point is, be careful, Christian. You may lose your victory. And become a castaway. First Corinthians 3, verse 14 and 15. Paul had a horror of losing or becoming a castaway. He said in verse in 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3: If any man work about which he has built their, uh, their own, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but him, he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire. No crown but only saved though as by fire. Paul also in 1 John chapter 5, 1 John 5, turn back a couple of pages there and you'll see where he likened the same experience. He said, if any man see his brother sin of sin, verse 16, which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them. That sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. So there's a time, please remember this, Ananias Sapphira found it out. There comes a point, even though God has saved the person, he reserves the right to discipline us. And if we fall into sin of unbelief, and this sin leads us to more sin, God has the right to discipline us. And to just call us home. The point is God takes away the victory of those who think that they can sin. And get away with it. That's the whole point. So there's a stern warning. Jude has for being a Christian. For being a church. A warning to all of us when we come to that Kaddish Barney moment. And we've received a blessing from God in the past. And we turn from him in the future with unbelief remember the same God who got Israel through the Red Sea can get you through whatever you're going through in your life he's done it before and he'll do it again so awake he says remember the Israelites verse 5 then he talks about remembering these angels look if you will Jude verse 6 and he says remember the angels now talking about apathy you got to remember these that believed not You need to be careful when you come to a point to where you have an opportunity to believe God or not believe God. But remember the angels, which kept not their first estate, we'll talk about this, but they left their own habitation. He hath reserved God, he hath reserved an everlasting change under the darkness unto the judgment of that great day. Remember the angels. They lost their position, they lost their abode. Now, if you think back just for a moment about all angels were righteous in the beginning. They they had positions. They had authority. But Satan, if you remember, he enticed some of these angels, some angels, to follow him when he rebelled against God. And they left their habitation. They left their abode. They left, verse 6 says, their own habitation. They left their abode, they left their heavenly realm that God had promised them and that God had prepared for them. And they, they fell or they, they left their abode, they left their estate, they left their estate in heaven and they followed after Satan. And then they fell when they went lusting after strange flesh. Did you see that? He says, the angels which kept not their first state, but they left their own habitation. He hath reserved in everlasting change under darkness into the judgment of that day. And he'll mention that strange flesh as he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. Both sins were kindly the same. If you remember Genesis 19, these angels came to earth. The Bible refers to them as the sons of God. And they began to have a relationship with the women on earth. And they begat these giants. Of people and angels having a relationship with humans, and he compares them to Solomon and Gomorrah here in just a few minutes. So they fell, or they left their abode to state in heaven. They followed Satan, then they fell when they lusted after strange flesh, after the daughters of men, after beings that were different were a different order of creation than them. Remember Sodom. Here's these angels that are lusting after a different order of creation than them. The point, because of their apostasy, turning from God, unbelief, the results are there in chains until this day. Their pride caused them to fall They wanted to be like the Most High, Isaiah 14, 14, and then they had this lust, and they lost their vocation. They cut themselves off from everything that might have been theirs. These angels, they were once angels of light, and now they're angels of darkness, still in darkness, never to receive what God had in store for them. How many men and women today have lost their privilege as believers? How many have lost their position of service because of some sin in their life? So Jude cries out, remember the Israelites. Remember the angels. They were created for a high privilege and they lost it because of their pride and they lost it because of their lust. And so we can no longer sit in apathy. There's there's a danger of losing our victory. There's a danger of losing vocation because judgment is coming. So remember the Israelites and remember the angels and remember Sodom. Look, if you will, at verse 7. Even as Sodom, even, now that's important, even as Sodom... As the angels, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities about them, in like manner as the angels, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, angels going after human women, Sodom, men going after men, women going after women, are all set forth for an example. Here's the example. Suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. See, there's a danger. If we don't wake up, uh, may lose you virtue. So the sin of the fallen angels angels was similar to the sins of Sodom. It was the sin of going beyond. Now listen, these angels in Sodom Those in Sodom went beyond this forbidden sexual barrier that God had divinely created. These angels, these sons of God came to earth and they had sex with the daughters of the men of earth and they produced these giants in the land. Genesis 19. But the point to remember is God never for long tolerates such defiance of moral law there's a reckoning coming my friend so when people go too far in sin the bible says he gives them over to their sin look at romans romans chapter one just for a moment i'm about finished romans chapter one look if you will at verse 22 professing themselves to be wise they became fools They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and they worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For, For this cause God gave them up. There it is again, unto vile affections, for even their own women did change the natural use to that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves recompense of their error which was meant. And even as they did not like to, to retain God in knowledge, God gave them a reprobate mind to do the things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whispers. You know, this is serious stuff. I mean, this, this is really serious. When, when God abandons the committed homosexual, I'm talking abandons, when he abandons that person to the to that person's lust or to that person's lifestyle, and for certain judgment is coming. I want to read before I close. John Phillips, great theologian, died a couple years ago, one of my favorite. Listen to what he says. Jude takes us back to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah themselves. He refers to the destruction of Sodom. He wants us to see that apostasy and sodomy are twin horrors. What God thinks of such lifestyle is evident from Genesis 19. He habitually judges the society that has abandoned morality and decency to the point that it condones it. In the case of Sodom and their sister cities in vice, God rained hell from heaven in his wrath and overwhelmed them once and for all in a a millstorm of fire and brimstone. They're set forth as an example, quote-unquote, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire, quote-unquote. God's wrath against sodomy and the, and the society that condones it, it never dies. He loves the sinner indeed, but he hates their sin. The word example means a simple of a specimen. So what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, in other words, is set before us as a warning. It is only a sample of God's righteous wrath and displeasure. We're not told how the cities of the plain apostatized to the point where the vilest wrong was seen as right and even even its practice was looked upon permissively. In Sodom, the unnatural became the natural, the rule rather than the exception. They had negated... The example of Lot, Lot was all stirred up because they came to his house and called his guests out. He begged them, he said, hey, take my daughters instead. So they had Lot, they didn't listen to Lot, and they had the positive testimony of Abraham, Genesis 14. They'd known once the testimony of creation, just look at creation, see how creation acts. For their vileness is contrary to nature, Romans 1.26. Once they had known the testimony of conscience, they even had a conscience that this is wrong. They could look at nature, see that it's wrong. It's not going on in nature. They had it in their mind, this is wrong. They vilified their mind. And once they'd known the testimony of conscience, but that was before their conscience had been deadened and seared. So the voices of creation and the conscience are God's oldest testaments, and no person or society escapes them. And so you know by looking at creation, and you know just in your own conscience if it's right or wrong. And God seared their conscience, gave them over to their sin. Is it not time for preachers, myself included today, to stand? in the pulpit and preach the word of God fearlessly and faithfully? Is it not time for us to awake after our, out of our apathy and to remember the Israelites lost victory because of their sin of unbelief, the angels lost vocation because of their rebellion, and the Sodomites lost their virtue because of sexual indulgence? Three sins characterize the apostate. They do not live by faith. They reject authority. They rebel. And they cannot control their sexual passions. They've slipped into our churches and our pulpits, our classrooms, our church universities, our seminaries, our public universities, just attempting to tear down the foundation of the word of God. And so today, let us never forget our high calling, and the Christ of Calvary. I guess the songwriter Evelyn Hussey wrote this. And you remember, King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine for thy glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me. We need to wake up, don't be apathetic, stand up, say what we feel without being timid, stand up for the word of God, and call it out to to what it really is, and that's an abomination to God. Remember the Israelites, unbelief. Remember the angels, rebelled. Remember the Sodomites, sexual indulgence. Let's not be apathetic about none of it. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come into your presence and just look at verses 5, 6, and 7 of Jude. My goodness, there's so much here. And your Jude, your word is calling out to us to not be apathetic, to be aware of what's going on around us, and to not just look over it as, hey, it's what's about, you know, nothing strange about that or, you know, what big deal about that. But help us to go be your word, live be your word, and then fight for your word, I pray. Lord, as uh, we're seeing in our own nation, Lord, uh, the foundation of your word trying to be torn down. Help us, we pray, not to be apathetic. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, before Kyle leads us in a hymn of invitation, let me just share this with you real quick. If you're here today and you've never asked Christ to come into your life and save you, theoretically, you may believe that you're a Christian, but experiential. Have you truly ever trusted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? You say, well, I live right and I do good. Theoretically, you have a plan that you feel like you're going to reach heaven one day. But have you experienced the new birth in your life? That's what's important. The apostate theoretically believes they're Christian. But experiential, they've never trusted Jesus. And so whatever you do, uh, don't think for a moment that you're going to go to heaven apart from having Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. If you're sitting here today theoretically thinking you're going to heaven and you know in your heart you've never trusted Christ, you need to do that today. This is serious. Those angels are being held in darkness until the coming of Jesus Christ. And they're going to be set free. And not only them, but all the demons of hell are going to be set free. Until the great war is over with. And you can just imagine what be, what this world will be like, what this earth will be like with all the forces of devil running rampant on this place. But God's people won't be here, and we'll be called out prior to that. And I hope you don't miss that trip.